Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hello. Welcome to another week. Thanks. Got another question for us? We do have another question today. Excellent. What is the question today? Um, Today's question is from Lars. Thank you for reaching out, Lars. And the question is, uh, the message is, thank you for the great show. Do you have recommendations on when people should hire a planner, such as age, income, life, or other circumstances? What a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. I, I think there's obviously taking a big step back. The word financial planner, financial advisor can mean so many different things and some negative connotations, some positive connotations, but yep. it's kind of like, what is a financial planner? What does a financial planner do? And and at what point does it make sense to use one? Yeah. Because there's a lot of information out there, not all of it good. So let's sift through some of that. Yeah. How should we frame that today? Because there, there's a number of ways to take it. I think we can obviously point people to resources when they want to look for hiring an advisor. So we send them to areas where they're going to get a, a, a fiduciary, which we believe in. Um, but uh, maybe we frame this as to the things that we see as valuable out of getting working with an advisor. Yeah. And then let's think, I think there's a framework we could think about um, for when someone would think about getting an advisor, which does tie into, can tie into things that he'd pointed out, but on, I think you could put it on a scale to help help yourself get a, a better idea. I think so too. I think we can kind of go over high level, just general things that you should be looking for. And then maybe some specific examples that might be helpful. Mm-hmm. But for anyone, we have done a couple episodes on this. If you want to take a deeper dive, episode 56 was titled, what is the value of working with a real financial planner? So that's going to explore part of what we covered today. Mm-hmm. The very next episode, episode 57, what questions should I ask when hiring a financial planner? Yes. To make sure not only... Are you in a position to work with financial planner, but you are finding the right financial planner to work with? So some of today's episode will be a little bit of a recap of that because it'd be hard not to, but then no maybe problem. diving in some specifics on I'm, what I'm actually a like. fan of that. And while we just, <laughs> that episode, <laughs> what questions to ask? The, <laughs> just, I'm just going to reiterate two that you should always ask. One is, how do I pay you? And then the other question is, how else are you paid? Because that will be very revealing for how an advisor... Uh, works with you and incentives matter. And I'm not I'm not saying that one way is right or wrong. Uh, both of us choose to be fee-only fiduciaries, which means we work with clients directly. They pay us a fee directly and we don't make money off of other types of business, whether we send someone to go get an insurance policy or something like that. Um, just know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a great starting point. And let's assume we're past that starting point. And uh, it's a fiduciary that we're working with. What are some of the areas, you know, just because someone's a fiduciary doesn't mean I need a planner all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. How should I know? Or what's what are some of those values that, what that, what value does a financial planner even bring? Let's start there. Yep. I think I think there's like four main areas you can think of for uh, that, that uh, an advisor can help you with. Uh, and those are their, first is just their professional expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- if if someone has taken the time and has the expertise to know what they know, 
um, that should help you get to your answer in a more optimal fashion. Yeah. Right. You don't have to spend the work doing, <laughs> figuring out what you do, what not to do, not understanding the pitfalls of what you're trying to do. So when I think of professional expertise for a financial planner, obviously general financial planning, they should be good at, uh, but they should help you do things like optimize your balance sheet, like look at how to shift things around, which will flow into tax planning and will flow into investments and asset allocation and rebalancing and will help you look at things like resiliency or risk management planning. Like, you know, for someone like me with two boys, do I have enough life insurance? Do I have disability insurance? Like these are all things that I want to have answers to to make sure that my family's okay. Yeah. Um, and then from cash flow and income planning can be something else that we look at. Um, and then there could be estate planning, of course. Like if I get abducted by uh, aliens with my wife, um, at what age do the kids receive their assets? Mm -hmm. These things matter. Um, and then there could be specialized things like stock compensation or retirement planning or social security planning, like very specific niche things. So. That's a, kind of a lot to unpack, but I think when people show up, they usually think like, okay, you have this knowledge base. That's why I'm hiring you. And anyone who you're hiring should have the knowledge base that you need to yes. help you. Absolutely. And so as this kind of relates back to the question, when is it time for you to hire a financial planner? Well, if you have retirement planning questions or estate planning questions or budgeting questions or insurance, or you just feel like you don't know what you don't know. Like that's, that's kind of a starting point. Like the basic level is there's a competence gap. Mm -hmm. and, and this isn't to say you should be competent in these things. Like we're not no. ever taught this stuff. So of course you're not going to be an expert in estate planning or retirement planning or tax planning or investments or whatever it is. But if you can kind of recognize that what you need to be doing is not in alignment with what you are doing in any of those areas, that's probably a signal that it's at least time to reach out or kind of consider working with someone that has competence in those areas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of it, you know, different people have different knowledge bases. I don't want to know all the things there are to know about, you know, um, rocket science, <laughs> but if I really needed to build a rocket, I'm not going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to go hire a rocket scientist. Yeah. That's me. something that's, uh, <laughs> all those rockets we build, right? Well, yeah, well, that's a zero <laughs> fail mission too, right? Like we have a lot of room to, to, to negotiate, uh, yeah. as humans with financial planning, but yeah. But, you know, the point is like, there's a, there's a domain of knowledge that you need help with. It's okay to recognize that you may not know. And the other thing is, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more in the future. A lot of these things on their own can feel simple, mm -hmm. but the moment you start looking at them as a whole, it actually becomes a complex adaptive system. Um, and that makes it so that you move one thing over here and it affects two other things over there. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize that when you're doing it. Um, so it's just a matter of complexity as well. When you look at, look at this. Yeah, fully agree. Um, so professional expertise or competence is a, a great starting point. Yep. Also convenience, I would say is something you should be a, a reason to work with planner. Yeah. You know, if you're just saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not investing in what needs to be invested. I'm not doing the tax things that need to be done. I'm not taking full advantage of my stock options. I'm not, you know, whatever it is, it's just, I don't have the time to get to some of these things in my life. Well, that inaction how much is that costing you? Yeah. Now, yes, there's going to be a cost to working with a financial planner. And sometimes it's it's a it's not a small cost. Yeah. But what's the cost of doing nothing sometimes is far greater than that. So take a look at your life. Are there areas that you are just neglecting that with some personalized service, with some guidance, someone could save you time? And, and this is either time savings, uh, it could be coordination with different trusted professionals. You know, does your attorney know what your CPA know what your financial planner is doing? Are they mm -hmm. on the same page? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it can just be making sure that everything in your financial life is accessible and viewable and understandable to you. Just the convenience of having all that. That's, I would say, particularly important for people that are much busier, whether they're significant responsibilities at work or significant responsibilities at home, or just they're doing different things and and they're smart enough to do the financial planning piece. They just don't have the time or really the inclination to do it. That yeah, could be a I great would, time. I agree. I mean, I, I think it comes down to like... Um, <laughs> So as far as convenience is concerned, I can speak to this one directly. I have my own financial advisor. Mm -hmm. I don't have it because I don't know what I need to do. I have it because I am always my last client Mm -hmm. and that's not the case anymore. Now I'm his client. Right. So I get time savings. I no longer have to worry about my own stuff. I just have to know what do I need to do and make sure money's in the right places to make sure things happen because we've talked about it. Um, And then the other thing is exactly is, is service. Like I actually get... To talk to someone. And my wife gets to talk to someone where before she got no service because we were always our last client, right? Mm-hmm. So so it wasn't happening. And then coordination with trusted professionals. The reason that can matter is because you may not speak finance. And if you don't speak finance and you go do three things uh, throughout the year and your accountant doesn't know you did them, well, now you just misfiled your taxes and you just lost out on the benefits that you meant to reap the rewards of. That's a problem, yeah. right? And then I think another thing that comes in is honestly is like looking at s- just selection of what e- what platforms do you use? What type of funds do you own? Like it's like walking down the toothpaste aisle, right? When you never bought toothpaste before, there's so many options. If you can find someone who's good at using an evidence-based approach to select things that work and sticking with it, it just puts you at ease. That's really nice. Yeah. Like those are the things I think about when I think about convenience and it's just knowing if something comes up in the moment because I need help with something, I can just reach out to that person and they're going to help me. Yeah. Those are the reasons why I think an advisor is good from a convenience standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coaching is a big one. Mm-hmm. I, a financial advisor, planner should not just be someone who's telling you what to do, but I, you should feel smarter after work, after meeting with your financial planner, after yeah. understanding how you're invested or what your plan is. Yeah. Um, someone that's going to teach you and educate you. Yeah. Not just sell you something, just right. tell you what to do. Right. I think that's huge. And this, I mean, this is just like anything. I mean, anyone could be in shape and healthy. Like you just exercise and eat better. Sure. Well, why aren't most people doing that? They don't have the coaching to do that. And so some people do, but some people don't. And so they recognize the value of a coach say, okay, um, we know we need to spend less or earn more or invest better, whatever it might be, but they need a coach to help them along that process. And that could be a big part of the value. Agreed. I kind of think of it as like, uh, a really good advisor's job is to be a coach as you're describing, but it's also to be an advocate with the client for their present self and their future self, mm-hmm. right? You're kind of advocating for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really your, our job is a helping profession. Our job is to help clients understand where are they today and what's the next step that they can take to improve upon their current situation. It's also, and actually this is a thing, again, I really value by having my own advisor. Other people can help us see blind spots that we cannot see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think if you were to talk like to professional athletes or someone like that, who are like the best of the best about why they have a coach, I bet it comes back to that a good amount of the time. Yeah. They can help see things that I can't see myself because I'm in it. Like there's something to be said for having someone helping you overcome your own obstacles or deal with your own feedback. Um, and having that trusted second opinion, it's just really helpful and also kind of help set realistic expectations when we're getting a little too 
you know, uh, the world, it, everything can only go up from here. Cause mm-hmm. you know, like we're kind of in that right now and in, in the tech boom that we have going on right now, obviously that's never going to go to zero. Um, and then there's also the other side of it, right. Where the downturn happens and all that's going to happen is it's going to fall to zero. Right. Well, neither are ever true, right. There, there's something to be said for finding middle ground. And it's really helpful to have someone be across the table from you working on your behalf to help make sure you make the best choices you can. Yes, because I think as much as none of us want to admit it, we all think we're making rational decisions in every area of our life. Yes. But we're all always making emotional decisions yes. and, and kind of using logic to just to justify what we're doing and having an objective third party that maybe is emotional in their own right, but not when it comes to your money or your goals, but care deeply about your money and your goals. That objective feedback can be really valuable. 100%. Um, Daniel Kahneman wrote a really good book called um, Thinking Fast and Slow which looks at the brain and how it works and how often we are using what you could kind of call like your reptilian brain, which is running over 90% of the time versus your frontal cortex, the thinking brain. And most of the time we are running on our emotions and on our like underlying subconscious systems. We are not using our thinking brain the majority of our day. It's very hard to come to terms with, but once you do, you realize that's another reason a coach can be really helpful to you or a guide. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what about the last kind of general piece of value of financial planner might be? What's that? Yeah, I, I honestly think that it's it's the one that's going to keep becoming the bigger and bigger core of what we do. We've talked about it on the on the podcast a few times, but I think it's it's really about like core core values or like your vision and values alignment. Taking the time to sit down with a couple and look at like, well, what does a fulfilled life look like to James? And what does a fulfilled life look like to Ashlyn? And for the two of you to see that in each other, and then for the advisor to see that in the two of you and to help the two of you optimize your time, your money, your energy, and your talent, Mm -hmm. right? It really is looking at the whole of the two of you to help you build the best life that you can. Right. And that's, that's something that I think is, um, people don't, it's, it's, there's not a lot of firms that do that yet. Well, they're, they're going to, it's coming. Um, but I think that the, the thing that Matt, why it matters most is because your vision of a great life, every time we have a question on this show, it always comes back to it depends. Right. And we almost always come back to this idea, mm-hmm. right? That like, if you're 28 now, but you want to retire when you're 35 from corporate world so that you can, you know, start a nonprofit and be a professor somewhere. Well, the way you need to be saving now is vastly different from someone who just wants to work in corporate life until they're 65. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find that answer on Google. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be there. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, so having someone help you see the whole picture, help you look at what you should do next. And then another component that kind of ties into this is just looking at the impact of the next choice you can make. Mm-hmm. And a, a really well-versed advisor will know what the main levers are that you can pull that will make the biggest changes in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not necessarily focusing on doing the backdoor Roth, right? Like, which we'll talk about specifically as a, as a strategy, it could be something totally different. It just depends on you and what you need. I, f- I fully agree because I think there's this sense that there's a right and a wrong answer for every kind of financial decision. Like I can Google this and get, or that's good or that's bad. And some things, yes, like some things it's clearly good or clearly bad, but for most things it's, is it right or wrong for you right. in the context of the things that you want to ultimately be able to accomplish? And that's the harder part is, you know, someone comes yeah. to you and what should I do here asking for, is this right or wrong? But yeah, this needs to be flushed out. This needs to be explored because I don't know what the, with kind of what we know right now, let's explore this. Let's see 
let's kind of weigh the pros and cons and weigh the alternatives that are going on here. And that piece, I think people don't ever think that that's necessarily what they're looking for when they're hiring a financial planner. But I think after they've worked with the planner, a, a good planner for some period of time, they realize, okay, that's that's one of the biggest pieces is the, that alignment piece where things yeah. are clicking, not just good, bad, right, wrong. Yeah. It's helping find clarity in the choices that you can make. It's finding clarity in the vision of where you want to head so that those decisions can become easier to make. Yes. Right? Because if if you, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it because I don't remember it. I don't have it written down, but. Um, Walt Disney's brother, Roy, said something along the lines of like, um, once you have clarity, all decisions are easy, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And it's true. If you come in not knowing what you want to do with your life, like uh, I know Carl Richards will say like on his stuff, he'll be like, you know, if you come in and and, and you you want to go get in a plane to fly somewhere, but you don't know where you're going. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Head east. Yeah. <laughs> like, who knows? Like, you could end up a whole lot of places. If you know where you want to go, now you can know whether to take a plane, a train, or an automobile. It's like, so you need to have that clarity and allow yourself the space to make a good guess so that you can look at what you should do next and how you should structure things and then build resiliency into a plan. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that matters. I agree. Now let's get down to kind of the practical side because the... All these things that we listed are what we think is the value of working with a good or a real financial planner, as we're going to phrase it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk practically, because I, I don't think, maybe you think differently, I don't think everyone needs a financial planner. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, so yeah, is it an like, do I turn a certain age and need one? Do I reach a certain level of income and need one? Do, do my assets hit a certain level? Is it yeah. a certain level of complexity? Like, where does, where do I... How do I think about yeah. that? And we're going to talk this through a little bit. So I think that there's a scale you could look at. And I'm going to uh, give a little hat tip to my coach, my business coach, Elizabeth Jaton, because she's the one who said this to me the other day, and it really made a lot of sense. Um, there's kind of a scale you can think about with um, with financial planning questions, and they can be simple, they can be complicated, or they can be complex. And so simple would be, can I contribute to a 401k this year, Right. Well, we can either go look at our employee benefits at work, or we can look at our cash flow and our employee benefits at work, uh, or we can go look it up online and we can quickly know the answer of whether or not we can do that. It's a relatively simple question. Pretty simple. You can do that on your own, more than likely, right? Um, it, it gets complicated when maybe you start looking at um, stock compensation and your company is about to have an initial public offering. And how should I handle my incentive stock options to optimize for taxes, but also the downside? And how do we weigh these things? And when do we choose to do certain things? Um, well, and maybe I just spoke over you. I didn't mean to if I did. Basically, it's just, it's a complicated question that requires taxes. It requires bringing cash. Um, it requires coming back and looking at something throughout a year um, to optimize something. You could hire an advisor to do some hourly work with you or work with you on an ongoing basis to help you with that for sure. But if it's only that that you need them their help with, you probably don't need their help forever, right? That's not a, a very complex. It becomes complex, in my opinion, when you start to look at all of the things together and you get to a point where it's just too much for you to handle and you want to have a partner in that. Well, that's the time where it makes sense to look at finding a, a financial planner, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'll say, and I'll, I'll love your opinion on this too, but I'll say that the issue comes up there when you look at working with a planner, there are different types of planners, which we kind of hit upon at the very beginning of this episode. Um, some planners will work hourly, but they're rare. Uh, there's not a lot of them. Like who are, who are like CFP fiduciary type planners. 
Right. The Garrett Planning Network is a place you can go find that. That's kind of like, I need a project to answer this complicated question. Right. Or maybe I want to do all the work, but I want to just have a second set of eyes review everything. Those people exist, but there's not a ton of them. Um, on the complex side, it usually gets to the point where the planners are oftentimes working with people under a certain threshold of either assets under management. Maybe we should do a different episode someday on like why the industry is the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically they'll be like, Hey, you know, you call them up, you want their help. You tell them all the things you need help with. They're loving all of it. And then they, you say, I have $250,000 here and I have a million dollars in my 401k and they go, I, oh, sorry, I can't work with you. Well, the reason why is because the way they get paid is through assets under management and you're not going to have that money under management. So they're not going to be willing, willing to work with you. So what I'm trying to get at is uh, even when you get to the complexity side and you know you want help, you're going to have to work on where to go find that help. Right, right. D- definitely. I-, I think that's a good way to put it. There's a simple and then there's uh, obviously that spectrum of complicated and complex. And I think just peace of mind is a huge piece mm. of is this something that's keeping you up at night? Is this something that's causing you an undue level of stress? Right. Like that, that's not something that can be quantified. Right. You know, it's, it's not how much are you going to save me in taxes or how much better are my investments going to do or how much more am I going to grow because of this strategy? Those are all things that can be quantified to some extent. But peace of mind is maybe the real thing people are actually after. Like, why do you mm-hmm. want to save money on taxes or to grow your money better to, to have more control over your finances? Is you want peace of mind. You want to be able to pursue things that matter. And that's huge sometimes. Even yeah. it's it's not, there's the things that you can quantify and there's the things that you can't quantify. And if you're looking at your financial picture and you don't have peace of mind, you're just always stressed about it. Even if you're in a good spot, mm-hmm. people think, oh, I'll have more. And the more I have, the uh, the less stressed I'll be. Mm-hmm. Not always. <laughs> now there's more of a burden to manage better to more things that you could be doing to, to take advantage of all that. That's a huge piece of it that's not necessarily going to be quantified like some of these other things are but it will be uh is it definitely compelling reason to work with the planner yeah agreed i i think the so as we're talking about this because it gets it kind of does come down to like you have to look at how much utility you kind of get out of of um working with an advisor so like uh to the point you made a peace of mind like when i think about amanda and i working with an advisor a lot of it does have to do with peace of mind if something happens to me um, I don't want her to have to deal with our own finances on top of everything else in our life. And if we have a planner that we're working with, there's someone else there to be of help to her right. in that moment. That is a peace of mind issue, right? There's also the convenience and the professional expertise and the other things that we talked about. And then also getting to, to for the two of us to get to be on the same team talking with someone else rather than the two of us talking at each other um, is really helpful as well. So there's a lot of things in there that don't relate back to what was my tax savings mm-hmm. or what was the rate of return? And honestly, like looking at the rate of return is not really that helpful anyway, because no one really has the con- much control over rate of return. At least I have a, I'm not a huge fan of trying to think that you should con- be able to control your rate of return. You can control your risk and return that you take. You can't control what the market gives you. No mm-hmm. one can future forecast. If James and I could future forecast like that, we would not have this podcast or be financial planners. We would be gazillionaires somewhere else in the we world. We also do a podcast, Scott. It'd just be on our world travels, on our yachts <laughs> together and all that, right? Yeah. But I, th- I think we've gotten to the concept of what the things are that an advisor should get, when people should start to think about it. It's kind of based on your own need for having an advisor. But where can people go to find an advisor? I think that's kind of an important component to this. Yeah. And I think if you're asking the question, then it at least makes sense to talk to someone. 
you know, I, I can't tell this particular listener, do you need a financial planner or not? But if you're asking the question, it probably means there's something going on underneath that question that's causing you to think you might need one. Yeah. So there's many places. We're both part of XY Planning Network, which mm-hmm. helps to connect fiduciary fee-only advisors with people looking for fiduciary fee-only advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Garrett Planning Network, which is more hourly-based if you're looking just for an hourly advisor, yep. pros and cons to that. Um, but there's that's certainly a, an option for some people. And then if you are in a unique situation, whether it's you have executive compensation or stock compensation or you are retiring or you're a tech executive or whatever it is, like sometimes there are particular planners that you can Google and they may work with people specifically like you, mm-hmm. which brings its own set of uh, valuable resources to the table. They get you and what you're looking for. Yeah. NAPFA is another National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, another place where you can go find fee-only advisors. So that's another good place to go look. I think one of the keys is know what you want, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if you want someone to help you set an asset allocation and be low cost, like, well, cool. There's actually online tech platforms that can do that for you, but they're not going to look at the whole picture, right? They're going to look at the assets that you have to invest and that's the end of it. Right. It's if you want this more comprehensive, holistic style, that's where working with a, an advisor who does that will make sense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the way, Scott, you and I are financial planners like if, if, if you're yeah. we're on episode 90 something by now mm-hmm. if people haven't connected that yet by the way we are financial yeah. planners so if you do have questions like look at our websites see what we do maybe a good fit maybe not but want to give you resources to find whoever that might be uh so regardless of where you are in life you have whether it's us or Garrett Planning Network or X Planning Network, there are really good resources out there that we want people to be aware of. Absolutely. I, I think the key is like know what you want and what you need when you go on your search because a lot of firms and a lot of people will talk about how they're financial planners or they do f- comprehensive planning, but what they're really focusing on is managing the money and that's largely where it ends. They might do some light planning around the sides um, I think more and more of the value truly does come from looking at the whole picture. Investments are an important component. I don't want to detract from it, but so is knowing your savings rate. How are you going to, what in, in your employee benefits and your stock compensation and your taxes. And it all comes together in this complex system that if you optimize it can help you go further, um, hopefully faster. Yeah, I fully agree. Well, anything else for this? I think that's it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. There's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.